This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to episode 171 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And here we are recording on February 1st, 2015. Before we get rolling, just one quick announcement. Last week, you guys remember, we had a little chit-chat discussion on style, and we were unsure as to whether or not it had been played on radios internationally yet, outside of the U.S., and at Kate Louise 2 and at Kangaroos for Tay on Twitter, both confirmed that it is, in fact, on Australian radio in addition to being on U.S. radio. So if anybody has any other countries that are confirmed, just let us know. Style is, of course, the new single off of 1989. So that's my little follow-up from last week. Sammy, what has been going on in the Taylor Swift news lately? So this week, Taylor's Twitter and Instagram were both hacked. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it was not good. Um, Although this experience was no doubt really scary and really annoying for Taylor. Um, she still managed to work in some sass. She tweeted, P.S. Any hackers saying they have quote-unquote nudes? Psh, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Have fun photoshopping because you got nothing. <laughs> Hashtag burn. <laughs> and um, Canada's Juno Awards announced their nominees this week and Taylor's 1989 is nominated for International Album of the Year. The show airs on March 15th. And Taylor will be part of SNL or Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary special on Sunday, February 15th at 8 p.m. on NBC. And finally, Taylor announced this week that Haim is joining Taylor at the sele- at select shows on the 1989 World Tour. Their first show will be on July 10th at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So, Steve. Yes. This is excellent news. <laughs> Wait, re- remind me how to pronounce that name. It's Haim, right? Haim. Was I right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. okay. We're just Haim. I mean. Haim. So, Steve, yes. Haim is joining Taylor on tour. How's that make you feel? <laughs> What are you going to do next? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to Nashville, though, because that's one of the no, shows. No, you're that going to MetLife. Uh, he we'll wants see. to go to Nashville. If anybody's confused, Steve is our resident Heim fan here on the show. He loves them. So, Steve, can you actually give us like a brief overview, like just a, a one-sentence summary of who they are? Uh besides being an awesome band <laughs> yeah like i mean just say something interesting about them so we know like, a little bit about who they are well, actually that's that's the worst part i don't know a lot of them i just know a lot of their music well, i'll give you i'll give you my favorite i know song. that they're three sisters i know yes. that yes i can give you my favorite song that's about all i got for you unfortunately what's your favorite song yeah uh don't save me okay all so. right I that gives was listening you something. to them on YouTube today, and I heard Forever. And... Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, that was good. Cool. And, of course, they did go on a, a vacation there with Taylor to Maui. Lucky three girls. Yep. And they're also nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys this year, aren't they? I think so. I cannot I, I confirm this. I don't know. I, think I can neither confirm nor deny that I was claim. waiting for Steve to confirm that because that's Steve department. I'm sure Steve is rapidly typing into the Google machine right now. <laughs> He's laughing, which means I'm yeah, right. Yeah, they are. Best new, best, yes, 
Yes. Iggy Azalea, Brandy Clark, Bastille, Hyam, and somebody else. That's that going to be a tough one there that with Iggy Azalea in that category. Oh, Sam Smith also. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh that wow. is tough. I think it'll wow. probably go to Sam Smith, actually. I think it might go to Iggy. Oh, well, we shall find out. Okay, we're not having a debate here on who's going to win at the <laughs> Grammys. Seriously, when are the Grammys? Next week? Yeah. Yeah, finally. Sweet. I'm excited. <laughs> so we'll, I guess we'll find out next week then, won't we? And I, hopefully we'll find out next week if Taylor's performing. Like, not really sure or what's going on with that. We'll find out soon, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe before Sunday. Alrighty, we good on the news? Excellent. Thank you for sharing all those news items with us, Sammy. So for our big main discussion today, probably one of the most, if not the most, highly anticipated song that came off of 1989, and yet it's still not a single. Nope. But maybe one day. So a song about what Taylor describes as a new kind of heartbreak. Not the kind where a silly little boy breaks your heart, but a different kind. So Bad Blood, let's get to it. Does anybody want to provide some sort of overview, like a general what's it about? I'll go for it. So I can always depend on you for that, Diane. That's my job, really. So (laughs) uh, based on the lyrics, it seems like that Taylor was friends with a girl who did something terrible to her and now they're not friends anymore so it's just pretty much a song about a backstabbing friend gotcha backstabbing friend who happens to be a female which uh, something i want to point out there was a a lot of like a lot of what's the word what's or better yet what's the word that i can actually say on a g-rated show a lot of stuff claims claims a lot, many claims thrown at taylor during her little phase where she decided to be an out become an outspoken feminist about this being anti-feminist because it's like oh it's girl on girl hate i don't see it as that i just I wanted either. to get opinions from the females on the show i don't think that's uh. fair to say because then that's like saying you're not allowed to be mad at um another girl because she's a girl no that's not fair that's not right. Like you can be mad at a person because they did something bad to you. That's valid. And also if you go through the lyrics, she never says she or girl or references them at all. So obviously, I mean, we all kind of generally know who it's about, or at least the idea of who it's about, but I don't think it's a feminist issue because she never specifically targets her you know it's not like better than revenge where it's like you know big time girl shaming like it's not Mm -hmm. like that so i would disagree with that okay i I was just curious that that really i didn't intend that to be part of the discussion it just happened to be something i thought of real quick because diane said it was a girl that it's about so it's just like wow i wonder so taylor herself said that the conflict had to do with business that she basically tried to sabotage an entire arena tour. So that's kind of a big thing to be mad at someone for, I would yeah. I, I would I would think, you know. Well that's huge because that's her business. Like that's her life, that's what she tries to do to make money and someone trying to mess that up for her would of course piss her off terribly, like you know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Sammy, I, I feel like no, you were I was, both trying to talk No, I was now. just going to say, like, it would be no different if, you know, someone in, you know, a normal corporate world, like, set out to somehow sabotage you and, like, make you look bad to your boss kind of thing. Like, 
it's it's it it's her business like diane said and you know the fact that she came in or who, this person came in and you know tried to destroy her business basically like i'd be mad too yeah Michelle. and um it was done by someone that taylor thought was her friend so I not think only that makes did, it even sorry. worse um, it's not, not some random person yeah and not only was it her friend it was someone that taylor said she looked up to like mm-hmm. you imagine like your idol like you imagine taylor doing something to sabotage your like job like that would be crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what it is though we laugh but like that i mean to taylor that's basically what it, what happened Right. So now Taylor's music is always relatable. So without getting too detailed, because if you have been in a situation like this, it's probably pretty personable. But has anybody actually been in a situation like this? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> Girls are just mean. Like they're just they're plain mean, whether there's someone you like or there's someone you're not like they're just plain mean. And I think a lot of Taylor fans, both guys and girls, can relate to this song in terms of having a friend that was a really, really close friend, and they just stabbed you in the back, and it hurts a lot. It hurts. She's right. It's a new kind of heartbreak because it hurts like breaking up with a boy when you break up a friendship. I almost feel like it's worse than that because when you're in a um, relationship with a guy, like you kind of think, okay, this might not work out, but you don't expect your friends to leave you you know yeah that's true yeah that's not something that you think is going to happen that's true and and going off of that heartbreak thing that sammy just mentioned that taylor said also new kind of heartbreak it's always like when you first find out too it's like such a punch to the gut like your stomach just drops and you're like almost in disbelief yeah for a it minute. also i mean i can't say say speak to for Taylor but for me when something like that happens and a friendship breaks up whether it's you know because someone stabbed you in the back or they just you know the friendship just dissipated or whatever like it makes you afraid to become friends with somebody else because you're afraid it's going to happen again and obviously that does happen in you know relationships if you break up you know with somebody you're you tend to be afraid but for some reason it it it's much scarier and becoming friends with somebody else after you break up a friendship is much, much harder. At least for me. No, I, I would agree. You have trouble trusting people because one person betrayed your trust. So it's like, yeah, mm, can I trust this person? Or are they going to end or, up like the last or even the other way around? Like, I know for me, like if a friendship breaks up, even if it has nothing to do with me, I'm going to blame myself because that's just the person that I am. So then I become paranoid about, becoming friends with anybody else because I'm afraid that I'm going to ruin another friendship. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think Taylor saw it this way in this song. Like, she definitely sees this girl as, like, you were in the wrong. This oh, is yeah, 100% absolutely. your fault. You were not good to me. But uh, Absolutely. But I do wonder whether, I mean, that made Taylor afraid to become friends with anybody else for fear that the friendship will just break up. I almost heard Steve say something, so I want to interject <laughs> and let him speak. <laughs> I don't know if we're going down the right path here, though, about talking about a close friend and friendship and all that kind of stuff, because I really think a lot of it has to do with with Taylor not even being sure if her relationship with this person was friendly or not. I think that was actually part of what I was reading out of the Rolling Stone article that that they would cross paths. And, 
yeah, they would communicate back and forth, but you know, it was one of those things where it was, are they really a friend or, you know, what, what is the situation there? And I, and I think that's, you know, I've run into a lot of people like that before too, where to your face that they're, you know, cordial, but you really don't know, is this someone that I can trust? Is this person, you know, could they be a friend or what are they saying behind my back or something like that? And I think that's a lot more here. I, I really don't think we're talking about a close friendship. Yeah, but, but... That... Oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, I was just going to say I struggle with that because, I mean, Taylor did say that in the Rolling Stone article that it was someone whether she never knew if they were really friends. But then there are other times and there's even another quote where Taylor said that she she looked up to this person. So, like, I don't understand how you can look up to somebody and, I mean have this kind of relationship with her i mean if we're assume are are we we're assuming that it's about katie perry can i say that yeah yeah <laughs> um like she brought her on tour she like they had conversations back and forth they they did a lot of stuff together as friends taylor went to her birthday party with um perez hilton like they did friend stuff so i really struggle with Taylor saying that she didn't know whether they were friends or not. I feel like that's almost, it became her defense to be like, well, I was never sure whether we were friends when in reality, Taylor did know that they were friends. And that's, I'm not sure about that, Sammy, because, uh, Taylor said that she looked, um, up to her. And when you're in that kind of, um, friendship, there's kind of, um, a power difference. So Mm. like, um, Taylor may have seen um, Katie as like this big, great, bold person, and Katie may have seen Taylor as like, oh, she's cute. She's like this little kid that likes to follow me around, you know. Where Taylor may have felt like, I really, really like this girl, but I'm not sure how much she likes me. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, but still, even in a situation like that, like I've been in situations like that too. I still consider them a friend, and I would think that. Taylor being the kind of person that she is where she gives her whole heart to everything that even in a situation where she looks up to Katie and Katie might have looked down at her as like I don't want to say a peasant but like you know a kid that follows her around Mm -hmm. like Taylor would still consider her a friend so I don't really understand why then Taylor would go back and say that she wasn't sure or it's also possible that they started out as being close friends and then they kind of moved apart and Taylor was like, wait a second, I thought we were friends, but now I'm not super sure. Yeah. Well, plus we don't even have a good understanding of this because we're talking about people that have a lot of fame involved. Mm-hmm. So when these people get together, it's not the same exact thing as someone that you hang out with daily and that kind of stuff, like a true friend or that you went to school with. I mean, these are people from totally different backgrounds that, oh, well, you both are into music and you both like cats. So, you know, boom, here you're together and mm-hmm. are you friends or not? So I, I don't know if we can really say one way or another on all that. Well, I think those are all great questions. So why don't we like turn to the source being the song itself and see if we can figure out the answer. Yeah, good idea. Or at least our version <laughs> of the answer. No, I'm so, sorry. Was that like a not so subtle transition to be like, no, guys, let's move on. That was a no, beautiful no. transition. No, that was great. You like that? <laughs> So let, let's turn to the lyrics because, I mean, they open up with, because, Sammy, now we got bad blood. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, right. Did I just? <laughs> That's not in my lyric books. I don't know where you get those lyrics from, but it Next doesn't say Sammy, Sammy in mine. <laughs> it doesn't say Sammy in yours, Steve? Nope. I, thought that, I thought that was the lyric. Maybe that's a secret message, though. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yep, guys, secretly the song's about me. Taylor and I, we got bad blood. Sorry. Oh, right, right. All right. <laughs> now, the a- the actual lyric, of course, because, baby, now we got bad blood. You know, it used to be mad love. So we were talking about, Diane, you're the one that assumed it was a transition, like that it was unsure after a while. Yeah. Um. Sammy, I, I actually agree more with you in the in the sense that she start she used that as a defense mechanism now, yeah, saying like, I mean, "Oh, I was never sure." Because right here she says it used to be Mad Love. Yeah, maybe Mad Love from Taylor's perspective, though, like Mad Love for Katie, but maybe that well, wasn't necessarily reciprocated. Yeah, I mean that's the point is that to Taylor, like it was a friendship, whether it was because she looked up to her or not. Like to Taylor, it was a friendship. Mm-hmm wasn't just a you know idol you know we cross paths at award shows because we happen to do the same thing so i'll be cool to you kind of thing like to taylor sorry was that steve that just started to say something nope Nope. that was still me (laughs) of course Uh, in that case i'll keep going i like giving steve a chance to speak but anytime i have the chance to cut off sammy it's on this, this is a little bit of bad blood there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no bad blood. It is sarcasm and picking. For 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 anyone wondering, Sammy's my bestest friend. And Aww. Steve. They told and, me to and, take and nothing personally, and the reason they did that is so they could make fun of me the entire episode. Wait, what did you say? Sorry? Y'all told me not to take anything personally because you wanted to make fun of me the whole episode. No I way. I don't think Sammy, I equally make fun of you and Steve and Diane. I don't think Adam plans in advance, so I wouldn't give him that much credit. <laughs> no, don't. I pretty much just say whatever comes out of my mouth. That's pretty so much how it works. what's going to come out next? What was going to come out next? Hopefully nice more lyrics. Diane. What was going to come out was that, Diane, you found an article earlier that you shared with uh, shared with the class uh, from Gawker showing the history of the relationship between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift based on Twitter based based on their Twitter engagements yeah mm-hmm. and I, it looked to me it looked like mad love from both directions in the early days in the early days yes but then later on it looks like it was very one sided with um with um Taylor tweeting Katy Perry and then Katy Perry just not responding. Don't know what that's about. I don't know, but either way, I think it used to be Mad Love. But but are we seeing Mad Love as what exactly are we defining that as? Like a lot of love. That's <laughs> no, that's actually the million dollar question, Steve. Now that you mentioned it, Mad Love in in is it being said in the slang way? Mad being like a lot of love, or yeah. Mad being like angry love? No, well, not, not not even that, but but from the definition of Mad which is also mentally ill. So you could take it that way where it's kind of just a crazy, like crazy love for someone. Love. I, I don't know. Something no, like that. I think, I think it's the slang version. It's a slang term. Okay. Well, she used mad because it rhymes with bad. So that, that too. So it just sounded, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded it was cool saying mad love you. Mad love. Are, are we reading? Diane thinks we're reading too too deep into well, Taylor's lyrics here. That Taylor just throws in words that rhymes. They don't actually mean what she. They says. mean what she says, but it's also useful because it rhymed. I would okay. agree. With that. Fair point. So Diane, take a look what you've done. Because oh. Sammy, now we got bad blood. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, that one is, is fairly self-explanatory in my mind. Take a look what you've done because Taylor explained in her description that whoever this individual is, presumably Katy Perry, tried to steal people out from under her and sabotage an arena tour. Can we address what we think Katy Perry did? Because we didn't mention that. We just say that we think it's Katy, but we haven't. You mean what Taylor, what incident Taylor's referring to? Yes. Okay. I guess, I mean, briefly in a nutshell, during the red tour, Katy Perry hired a handful of Taylor's dancers in the middle of the tour. And it, it, it should be pointed out that these dancers were Katie's dancers on the Teenage Dream Tour. The Teenage Dream Tour ended, so therefore their contract ended. They signed a new contract with Taylor, and they left their contract in the middle of the tour to go back to Katie's prismatic. Hold up. You're assuming that they were contracted. What? How? Uh, you're, yes. you're assuming they were contracted. I'm assuming I, they I, were Sammy, contracted. I have a job right now. And if I want to quit, I can just walk out any day I feel like it. Yeah, yeah but, but these jobs have an end date, though, right? They do have an end date, but I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily mean that they're on a contract from this date to this date. They're, we don't know the the contents of their hiring agreement. So, I, I mean, that's not really the whole point of this discussion anyway. I just want to point out that we don't know the details of that. What we do know is there were dancers on the Red Tour. Katy Perry hired them in the middle of the tour. Right, and they left. And they left. That's what we do know, and that's why we assume when Taylor says this individual tried to sabotage uh, an arena tour, that is the incident she's referring to. So, again, assumed. We we, We don't know that it's Katy Perry. No, we don't at all. Taylor has never once said who this song is about. Because something, something interesting, I guess, while we're on that subject area that I want to point out is the fact that it isn't necessarily Katy Perry. And, you know, there were all kinds of articles like, you know, I think MTV had one, Perez Hilton had one on who's bad blood about and listed a, a bunch of potential options on a percentage scale with the odds of who it was. And it listed all kinds of celebrities. It had Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, not Selena. They're yeah, no, a bunch of them had Selena. Some of them did. Okay. Something I want to point out is who has the ability to sabotage an arena tour? In my mind, it could be some executive in one of the record labels or elsewhere in the record recording industry that we've never even heard of because they're just one of the high up business people. Yeah, but I feel like... Katy Perry would have had the power to be like, hey, wait, no, we can't do that because they're working on my friend's tour. But no, she you're, didn't. You, hold up. You're I, still assuming that this song is based on that one incident. There could have been somebody within it because it says attempted to sabotage a tour. It doesn't say successfully sabotaged a tour. Obviously, there could have been something that happened would... behind the scenes with some recording industry executive that we don't know about. And I think the problem is that we assume that because Taylor is so in depth in her career is so, you know, like such a huge part of her career, such a huge part of the the hiring of dancers and the hiring of backup singers and all of that stuff that other artists are too. Whereas that actually could not might not be true. I'm not saying that it that Katie is not involved in her a career at all. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything about Katie's career. But, you know, we assume that based on Taylor being such a huge part of the hiring and the firing and the creation of a tour that another artist is, but that might not be true. 
Right. So it, it could be a, an executive that is making these hiring and firing decisions for Katie and Katie just shows up. I have no idea. But Adam could be right. It could be some random executive that Taylor is writing about. That You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's, possible. But yeah. I OK, um, Katie Perry was um, um, interviewed by I think it was um, Billboard. Billboard. A little while ago, and it comes out next week. I think. They said Taylor described a fellow a fellow female musician as her straight up um, enemy, and that's but quotes. It's apparently. their words, not Taylor. So they're they're well, they're saying it's Taylor that it's a musician. The, nowhere saying, has Taylor ever yeah. said it was a musician, but and nowhere has Taylor ever used the quote "straight up enemy." Yeah, I don't know about that either. But <laughs> the only quote in that sentence that is true is try is quote unquote sabotage an entire arena tour. That's yeah. the only quote that's legit in that sentence. Well, I don't know where they're getting "straight up um, enemy" from. I mean, here's here's a lesson though. I mean, it could be accurate, but even Billboard, I don't trust unless oh. it's a direct quote from Taylor. Uh, just because just journalism in general has gone so far downhill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think I pointed out at one point during one of our blank space discussions about VH1 doing one of the standard articles about which X is blank space about mm-hmm. when clearly they didn't do their homework on that song. Yeah. And I so. think it should, it, sh- it should also be stated that while Taylor has never specifically said who this song is about and i i mean we can all assume who it's about katie obviously can assume who it's about and katie in the billboard article went on to saying if someone's gonna try if someone if someone is trying to defame my character you're going to hear about it referencing the um the tweet wash out for regina george in sheep's clothing which um, came out which she tweeted a day after taylor the rolling, rolling stone, stone article came, article came out. out so katie perry thinks it's about her right but Taylor has never said it's about Katy Perry. And on the same side of that, Katy Perry has never said that she is talking about Taylor. They, she just alludes to it. I, so It seems like she's talking about Taylor. It does. But, I mean, my point is that while it, it's two-sided and that neither of them have specifically said this song or this quote is about this person. Well, okay. So all signs do, in fact, point in the direction that it's Taylor Swift versus Katy Perry. How? Ever, that's not a hundred percent confirmed by either party. It's so, not even confirmed by the song, nothing. which is why I'm a fan of both of them, and I still love both of their music. Steve got a Steve got an awesome Katy Perry performance earlier today. I did. I got to see the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime performance. Only it was Steve very got cool. a Katy Perry performance. Super Bowl, the biggest event I... in America. <laughs> What's guess, the Super Bowl? <laughs> guess how I spent my Super Bowl. Uh, Renovating a bathroom. So, so you also it. were I... working with a bowl then too, just a toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a toilet bowl. <laughs> that has nothing to do with bad blood. <laughs> oh, but um, I would also like to note though that if Taylor Swift and um and um Katy Perry were still friends, Taylor would have um tweeted something to her about her performance, and she yeah. didn't. She did allude she to the fact that she was watching silent. it. Yeah, she, she did. did. The fact that she was watching it, but then she got quiet. And then Abigail said something, but Abigail Anderson, Taylor's bestest Abigail... best friend, and um, John Green also said something. Who is a big 
Taylor fan. I don't think John Green would even know enough no, to make didn't, a comment. No, you never know. <laughs> no, he's a big Taylor fan, and Taylor called him on the phone that one time, but I don't think they're, like, hang out on weekend friends. I don't think that's what they I talked about. I think John Green would die they were if the they were to hang out on weekend friends. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Diane. Like, Taylor calling up, hey, John, I love your books. Hey, Taylor, who's bad blood about? <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let me tell you everything from the beginning, even though we just met 30 seconds ago. <laughs> all right, back to bad blood, all right? So we got to the hay, which Diane kindly added for us. Now we got problems, and I don't think we can solve them. You made a really deep cut, and baby, now we got bad blood. I like the um, connection that she um, uses in this song between, like, cut and blood. Like, it's all very physical and very violent. Just like a really cool choice of words. No, I agree. Like she's like talking about being stabbed in the back, both physically and like emotionally. Yeah, emotionally, I guess. I I don't think she's talking about it physically, Sammy. I don't think. Well, she is. I don't think anybody stuck a knife in Taylor's back. Not with her security team. Mm -mm. No, but obviously not. But she is using. She's comparing them. She's. It was a joke. Metaphor. It was a joke. I know she's describing physically being stabbed in the back, but means it as a metaphor. But yeah, Diane, I think you're right. It is interesting. All the visual references to cuts, blood, you know, the bullet hole we'll get to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just all kinds of like physical wounds to represent the emotional wounds that that occurred as a result of the behavior of this other individual that um, Taylor's singing about. So. I think one of the more interesting lines there is, and I don't think we can solve them when I'm referring to the problems, because you have that ability to try to patch stuff up between people. And it's to the point that this is something that is so bad that it can't be reversed. You know, it's not a misunderstanding. It's not something that maybe if they talk it over, they can figure it out. It's it's like it's past the point of no return where there's no hope. Mm-hmm. That also that makes me wonder if it was like kind of the straw that broke the camel's back as opposed to one situation. You know what I mean? Like usually in a friendship, not usually, sometimes in a friendship, you know, if something happens that, you know, you guys fight or whatever, like you can tend to fix it. But you if fight, it's like, you break up, you kiss, you make up. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, that was no, well, isn't that a Katy Perry song? Didn't I make it a, is, but didn't I make a pun there? I, I thought I, I thought I made a pun. You, you done you good. Cold. Yeah, like nobody. I don't know if anybody got that out of you three. You had to explain. I got it. To it. Me. <laughs> no. I was just saying no. Sammy doesn't um, agree with you. I don't because you you don't. Well, whatever. Um, fine. I'll agree with you. Um. You know, so in a friendship, if one thing happens, you fight and then hopefully you make up. But if there's one thing after another, after another, after another, it's eventually going to become a problem that you can't solve. So, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm wondering if if this situation, quote unquote, was like the last straw between their relationship. Or was it just a really deep cut? Yeah, I, I mean, it could be it could be either. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about why Taylor um, um, opened this song with a chorus as opposed to a verse. I actually love that about this song. That's really interesting. Diane, do you have any thoughts on it since you happen to bring it up? 
I guess maybe it's just to um, to um, orient ourselves and what's going on. But a verse could have also done that. But it could have, but sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I just think that's a really powerful way to open with like getting straight to the point and that's just saying, was... this is what it's about right now. This, yeah, this is what's that's happening. A, that's exactly what I was going to say, because, you know, if you imagine her starting the song with, did you have to do this? Like, it would be very weird. But starting with his baby. Now we got bad blood. It's like, pow, right in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pow. And I really, I really Although, like that song. Since you said that, Sammy, starting with "Did you have to do this?" which you know we'll get to in a sec, the verse there, I actually think that'd be a very interesting way to start it. Also, because it opens it up with like a very curious line, like "Did you have to do this?" You're like, "Do what? Do what, Taylor?" But I almost feel like with this song, maybe she wanted to stab the person who stabbed her back. Yeah, that's which is kind why of the she feel- started that's- off so powerfully. That's kind of the feeling I get also. Well, not necessarily stabbing her in the back, but like showing the emotion is that, you know, Taylor felt, you know, stabbed in the back, punched in the gut kind of thing. And the feeling you get with her starting how she starts is that exact feeling like you're getting punched in the gut. Well, that's a great point, Sammy, because I believe one of Taylor's goals with this entire album was to make each song sound as it felt. Yeah as the event in question felt. And this was meant to feel like a punch straight to the straight to the stomach and the stomach dropping and just feeling awful. And so by that point, Sammy, I think you answered the question. I think you hit the nail on the head with that saying that the reason she started with that chorus, as opposed to the verse was to give you the emotion she was feeling. Yeah. But let's look at the verse. And see what that has to say. So, did you have to do this? I was thinking you could be trusted. See, I like I said, I think that's really intriguing. It's like, do what? What, what did what did she do to betray your trust? I I don't understand. Like you want, it makes you want more to the story. Yeah, but the song never tells you what happened. No, but you don't know that when you first hear it. We know it now after hearing the whole song. That's true. But I think that that also goes back to what we were just talking about, how it could be many different things as opposed to one situation. Like, I mean, the did you have to do this would allude to one situation. But I was thinking you could be trusted could be, you know, you broke my trust like three or four different times. This was the last time. You know what I mean? I I was just thinking of something kind of funny, but semi off topic. (laughs) He always tunes me out. I no, I don't. It has you to do, do with the, every time. It just has to do with this. I'm just, I, I I'm just really glad that <clears throat> that Taylor is a better songwriter than uh, Tweeter from the movie Varsity Blues because his, his song, and I don't even think it was really his. I, I think it came from something else. But he said she broke my heart, so I broke her jaw. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking it was kind of funny because Taylor writes about breakups and stuff. You guess wow, that was though. off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of it. This is how my mind works, Diane. Let's it's in a, a place poll. of its how own. How many people have never seen Varsity Blues and has no idea what Adam is talking about right now? That's why I just said what the line was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still don't know what you're talking about. Can we go back to the song now? Fine. <laughs> Gee, Sammy, did you have to ruin what was shining? Now it's all rusted. Uh, I I did because I really want to talk about 
the next line. So let's well, do wait, this I line. like this line. I like this line. Okay, you talk about this line. I'll talk about the next line. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure this out. Does that mean that maybe Taylor lent Katy Perry one of her Grammys and she left it out in the rain and now it got rusted? <laughs> that was maybe that no? that was clever, Steve, because Katy has no Grammys. That would be rude. <laughs> I don't think that is exactly it, though, Steve. I think what was shining was the friendship, and now it's all rusted. She's just using a negative sort of feeling and image for the description of their friendship and what happened to it. The other way you could look at it, and the way that I tend to look at it, is, you know, it says, did you have to ruin what was shining, now it's all rusted. Maybe it could be alluding to... You know, her trying to sabotage this arena tour and this arena tour was something that Taylor was, you know, very proud of and looking forward to. And then, you know, Katie apparently came in and ruined it. And then, you know, now this thing that Taylor was so proud of is all damaged and rusted. Oh, Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Sammy came up with something good. Yay! Maybe. No, I that was oh. good. It was a good idea, but that's not necessarily 100% accurate. I no, don't know what it's, it's you know, none of us know exactly what she's referring to, but that was definitely a clever thought thinking that it's... what was shining was the tour. The and now it's all rusted. I... Yeah, However, reason... to counter your point, I don't think Taylor would ever refer to her own tour as rusted. Okay, but this is the thing though. If you go into the next line, although is... it was red, so uh, um, but if the next line is, did you have to hit me where I'm weak, baby, I couldn't breathe. Why would Taylor say that, you know, like her strongest thing, which is her business, her, you know, her music career, her tour. Why would she think that she's weak in that place? Like her tour is obvi- was the most successful tour of the year. I don't understand why she says that she's I weak. I don't know if she means weak is more like weakness, like. If someone hurts that part of her, which is her um, music, then that will really hurt her, right? I, I think it yeah. may have to do do more with confrontation because yeah. one of the things that Taylor notes in the Rolling Stone article is that she's not one for confrontation. And, <laughs> I, and I think that's what kind of occurred here. Is... So you think that because it wasn't going to be a conversation or argument that they would have – Obviously, Katie would know that being Taylor's friend, and so she was just able to do it, knowing that Taylor wouldn't fight back. But what's more confrontational than this song? But is the song confrontational? Because it's still kept anonymous. It's kept very anonymous. But Taylor knew that Katie would know who the song is about. She gave enough um, information away so Katie would absolutely know that it was about her. If it is about her. Well, in theory. I'm just talking in theory. But but at the same time... That's not why Taylor writes music. Yeah. You know, she didn't write teardrops on my guitar so Drew would know that he that she cared about him back in high school. That's not the point of it. Taylor is just sharing her feelings and her emotions with, you know, our entire Swifty community so we can all kind of understand what's going on in in her life and relate to a lot of it. Great and point, also, Steve. And it's also like she wrote this in 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 I don't I don't think that's the right use. Of, uh, yeah, but I don't think that's the right use of the word because she wrote it after the fact. So if it was confrontation, she would have, you know, just randomly come out with it at that time. So it would have been like an argument they were having, but she wrote it about her feelings way after the fact. You know what I mean? So it's more right. like 
you know, she was, she, I mean, she probably wrote it at the time, but, you know, she chose to release it on 1989, you know, rather than just randomly because, you know, she wanted to sort through her feelings and then express feelings rather than have this confrontation and be like, why are you doing this? Actually, Sammy, she could have written that when this happened and then she had that song. And she chose to put it on the, her next um, album where she could have just was like, oh, no, that's old. I don't need to talk about right. that anymore. But, but, but that's what I'm saying is that she could have either just chose not to put it on or she could have just been like, I'm going to release a song now because I want to have a confrontation with you. But she chose to wait because she kind of wanted to sort out her feelings, I would assume. You Except know what I mean? that she's never really sat on a, a song because – she didn't want to release it. She just no. doesn't release songs randomly. No, ex- exactly. But I'm saying is that if she were to have a confrontation, if she were that person and she wanted this to be the conversation that they had, she would have released it. And well, been like, here's, here's the million dollar question. And I was saving this question for later, but it seems really fitting now. Mm-hmm. Because she did put it on 1989, which we have discussed many times uh, that put it in the context of like a concept album that tells one overarching story that story is of a relationship so where does this song fit in and how and why does it fit in i think that the and that's a really good question because you know as it we've decided it is basically a concept album this is like the one song that stands out almost because it's not about that specific relationship but i feel like the feelings that she has in this song, you know, where, she, you know, she even said it's like a whole kind, a whole new kind of relate, a whole new kind of heartbreak. Like it's the same feelings that you have when you break up with someone. So she's using the feelings of breaking up with a friendship to reflect the feelings that she felt in breaking up of that relationship. To me, that's how I feel. Well, my personal thought is that it fits in the overall story because it was part of a chapter in her life, so to speak. And, and, you know, where I relate it to that is actually when you fast forward to clean in clean, she's not just cleansing herself of a bad relationship, but just a bad chapter in her life and bad emotions from a part of Hmm. her life, a section, a time period, a time. So with that, Adam, what you can see the um, album as is not necessarily the story of one relationship, but just, significant times in her life through this this one part of it and this is just one significant thing that happened or we're looking at story too literally and like sammy said it's a story of emotion and not of events i mean i think that that's fair to say because like if you look at you know a song like shake it off like that is not about that particular relationship that's about you know, the entire idea of, you know, who she is and shaking off any negative thing that is said about her or that happens to her. So, you know, the whole album as a whole is not necessarily about this one particular relationship, but about the feelings that she had over those past two years, whether it was in regards to that relationship or it was in regards to this friendship breaking up or it was in regards to what the media was saying about her, like in blank space. You know what I mean? Like not 
like we've had this conversation of like an overall arching story and they all are connected, but they're all kind of connected in a different way, not just about that one relationship. Right. And like you said, Sam, you stole the words right out of my mouth when you mentioned blank space. I was going to say that likewise, blank space is also not about that particular relationship, but just something that she has endured in her life over the past couple years. Yeah. And I think that Shake It Off is kind of the song that ties it all together, which is why it's obviously in the middle of the album is because, you know, it's she's not just shaking off this one relationship. She's shaking off everything, 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 everything. So, yeah, that's interesting. And I'm glad we get to have that little brief discussion there about how this song fits in, despite not being immediately obvious as to how it fits in in the story, the overall yes. story of the album. I mean, so yes. jumping back into the into the lyrics there, though, you know, that verse ends with salt in the wound like you're laughing right at me. This line really stands out to me because, one, it sounds super painful and mm. two, it's kind of the first moment where you get a picture of what this person is who she's talking about like they seem like a really evil person you know because they're um laughing at her while she's in pain (laughs) do you know what i picture like the devil that's what i picture no i was gonna say i picture like i picture like a disney villain laughing (laughs) like one of those maniacal like (laughs) i'm sure that's exactly how it happened Dan, I'm trying to have fun. Leave me alone. Everything I say, you just make I fun of me. I was laughing. You mm-hmm. just can't hear me because sometimes I laugh quietly. Like I, like I don't make noise when I laugh. Laughing quietly is not good for podcasts. I know. I know. <laughs> if I can't hear that? you, that was mediocre. Oh, okay. Mediocre. So, pre-chorus. Oh, it's so sad to think about the good times you and I. This goes back to me to say, to say that Taylor assumed that they had a real friendship, whether Katie did or not, because they obviously, according to Taylor, obviously, anyway, they they did have good times. Like, so then this then goes back to when she was talking about, I didn't know if we were friends or not. How do you have good times with somebody if you don't know that you're friends? Like, that makes no sense to me. I don't know. You know what I mean? You know? You feel? You feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good question. I think we can move on from that. Yeah. Well, actually, there's one good part about the Adam, and how you did that little eye part. The very first time I listened to this, I swear I was listening to a Katy Perry song. Because if you listen to a lot of her music, she has that same sort of like going up and down on the like a single word like I. Like in Roar. Or, 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 or. a lot of her songs, like it reminded me of a lot of the songs. So it kind of was interesting because it was for, for once, not just, you know, the lyrics or anything that we've, you know, heard from Rolling Stone or anything like that. This was where you actually listen to the song and you can feel a, a Katy Perry moment of this song. She tends to do that in songs when she writes about someone that. Um, also sings. So, Steve, what you're thinking is that that particular sound was inspired by Katy Perry's music? I, I think so. And if you guys have the tune, I think it's somewhere about a minute and 50 seconds in. I'd, I'd have to double check where it was at there. Yeah, about a minute 50. You'll, you'll hear that little. 
I part. And and if you listen to Katy Perry, I mean, I'm sure some other people would agree that it yeah, kind of has that Katy Perry-esque sound I've to heard it. that. I've heard a couple other points that I don't know off the top of my head that people have compared to various Katy Perry songs. I've heard Roar. I've heard Dark Horse, I think. Um, uh, I've, I've heard that a lot, actually. Interesting. So what do you think the significance of that is? Do you think it's just like a hint that it's about Katy Perry or... or... I think so. And we've seen yeah. this in the past before. There's been little John Mayer elements in a couple of the songs. And I know I mean, that we've discussed that before where just kind of there's little either a guitar rift or something that just kind of sounds like a, a song that he would have something like that. Uh, maybe. maybe. I, I don't remember what episode we talked about, but we did talk about this. We talked about Dear John. Maybe. Well, we never actually talked about – we never did a Dear John analysis, actually. We did a Paper Doll versus Dear John comparison. Okay. Well, I think that might have been the episode we, we talked about that briefly on. But but I, I wouldn't be be surprised if Taylor added some sort of musical element mm-hmm. to kind of reflect who the song was about. And I, I would say I would agree with that, especially because of how she did the the secret messages in this song. Like she couldn't not couldn't she didn't, you know, if she had done it secret messages like she had in the past, she might have like used like a Katy Perry song title or something like that. So instead, you know, putting kind of a Katy Perry sound in the song is kind of her way of doing that. You know what I mean? But it's also very subtle in that like someone like me who doesn't listen to Katy Perry that much doesn't hear it. And that doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means that, you know, for me, I just don't hear it because I don't know her songs that well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it still sounds really good because, you know, musically it sounds really good. Are you sure, Sammy? Does it sound really good? Yeah, it sounds real good. Okay, really good. As real good, good as the fact that the chorus then again comes next. Yes. And then we got one more verse before it wraps up with the chorus yet again. So, did you think we'd be fine? Still got scars on my back from your knife. That makes me wonder if Katie like came after, came back and was like, hey, you want to be friends again? Like, that's kind of weird. Um, I mean... Not really, though, because maybe Katie in some way, um, 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 she kind of, like, um, justified it in her head, like, oh, well, they actually worked for me before, so they're my dancers, and I was just taking them back, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could see that, too, but... I think all that line is saying is that the wound still hurts, like, Taylor still feels the pain. I think that's what that line means. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So don't think it's in the past. These kind of wounds, they last and they last. I think that that kind of just goes with what we just said that, you know, it's not just it's not going to just go away. A it bridge has been that... burned. Sorry, Steve. A bridge has been burned. Burned. Yes. And you can't rebuild it. Oh, as right. Taylor said early earlier in the song. So these kind of wounds, they last and they last. Now, did you think it all through? All these things will catch up to you. Sounds like karma. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, it is karma, and I, I don't necessarily believe in karma in the spiritual sense, but if you treat people badly, it does come back and get you because your reputation gets around, then people start thinking poorly of you and things of that sort. So I think yeah. that's, you know, definitely, like, I think what Taylor is saying there is whatever act was committed against her, whether it be what we strongly feel it is with the dancers being hired out from under her, whatever she thinks that the other individual presumably Katy Perry didn't think it through before doing it like didn't think before she acted yeah so, she was just like I'm gonna be mean rather than what is gonna happen to me if I do this oh for sure and mm-hmm. the next line is one of the most powerful in the song time can heal but this won't so if you're coming my way just, just don't. don't that's my favorite Oh. I always do the hand gesture. I'm like, whatever, just don't, don't do it. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, yeah, I think that line in the song is probably the, the um the most clear message that she's, um, sending to this person because she's like, look, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Never Out of my face. Never ever talk to me. And she's it's not also even. Good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This also goes with the whole non-confrontational kind of thing. That's what I was just going to say. Oh, I see what you're saying. She's saying just don't come my way because she doesn't want a confrontation. Yeah. I also find it interesting when she says time can heal, but this won't. Because one of the old sayings is time heals all wounds. Well, this is going back to what we were just talking about, about don't think it's in the past. These kind of wounds, they last and they last. It's. Like Steve said, she burned a bridge. You can't cross the burned bridge anymore, you know what I mean? I really like how the, the verses are grouped now that I'm looking at it. Because the first one we, we talked about uh, was what she did. Now mm-hmm. it's like saying, I'm still hurt, stay away from me. Then you got the chorus again. And then and we jump into the bridge, which let's let's talk about that. That's talking about the effect, I guess, that it it has like the lasting effect you know it starts with band-aids don't fix bullet holes you say sorry just for show i want to know when she says sorry i i I would really like to know this because i I don't i I don't think that i mean maybe maybe behind the scenes yeah maybe behind the scenes but never in in public has she ever made an effort not even on twitter has she made an effort to be like hey I'm sorry, I stole your dancers. Well, I don't think that would be something that you <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying, though. I, I mean, she I, hasn't I, acknowledged really that. She's not going to acknowledge apology of sorts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. that's not happening. I mean, it could just be a behind-the-scenes thing, see, something that happens that, that we, thing, as the public, don't see. Right. But that's the thing, though, is that if she's saying sorry just for show, then she would have done it publicly. No, no because that, that would have no, because someone's wrong. face. I mean, gosh, all three, me, Steve, and Diane just said something. Therefore, I didn't even hear what I said. Can, like, <laughs> they just um, wanted to argue with me. That's all they wanted. Because you're wrong, Sammy. I'm not. Well, maybe I am, but I don't think I'm wrong. No, Steve's right. You're wrong. Um, and, and only because, like, when it says you say sorry just for show, that doesn't mean it has to be public. That just means that other people see it, like these dancers that she, quote, unquote, stole you know, she could be like, I told Taylor I was sorry, but she just doesn't accept it. Like, that's what she could be saying to her dancers behind the scenes. Or saying directly yeah. to Taylor, too. I just, that's I still just, just for show. I mean, 
Yeah, that's I mean, when you're not sincere about something. You can tell. You can be like, "Oh, Sammy, I'm sorry about this," and it's it doesn't mean that I truly mean that. I could just be yeah, saying that to. If you're going out of your way to say it in private and like somehow make contact with this person, to me that shows that you're making some kind of effort. Whereas like if she had just like tweeted on Twitter or like some something in like some interview where she was like, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I'm like not even directly at her or whatever. Like to me, that would be just for show. But if she like went out of her way to do it privately, I wouldn't consider that. I, I disagree, but I mean that that argument isn't the point. You know what we're supposed to get out of this song, what Taylor wants us to get out of this song. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the point is moot. Really, I don't think it's really much of an yeah. argument. And it's because band aids don't fix bullet holes. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I was just getting back to that line, Steve, because first time I ever heard this song, that was the one line I remembered that stood out to me the most. Yeah. I just think it's such a cool visual and it ties into the next line which we discussed before it interesting we went out of order there but like an insincere sorry is just a band-aid and this Mm -hmm. wound as per taylor is huge Mm -hmm. she's in a lot of pain emotionally and so that to me that's just a really cool visual you know i I also question if uh taylor uh Paid the uh, the the band aid company to use that particular thing because technically <laughs> the generic right. term is bandages. Band aid <laughs> is actually for a real brand, I believe Johnson and Johnson. So I am stuck on band aid brand because band aid stuck on me. Yes, and now you're gonna know, have Steve, to pay you're them. Have to look into that. <laughs> I think she's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the the intellectual property laws. It probably well depends on how long the that. phrase has been used and if they lost their trademark right. Right. Yeah. Or some of those. Uh, the, some of those products kind of go into. They lose their trademarks because they become just a, such a general na- name. Okay. Like something a- I'd like to point out is that we are almost at an hour already, and we're sitting <laughs> we're here having a debate on band aids rather than finishing our bad blood discussion. <laughs> So, um, if you live like that, you live with ghosts. Another line that is awesome, I just think the whole bridge is awesome. That particular line, it, it almost sends chills up my spine. That's the point, I think. That is yeah, the point. And it makes sense, though, because like if this person that she's talking about, if they constantly hurt people that um, are um, around them, they're going to be left with no one. So they're just going to have to live with ghosts. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting you said that because, you know, that line goes back to the idea of karma. But based on what you said, the ghosts are even more than just that. The ghosts are the people she used to have as friends surrounding her and the people that used to be in her life surrounding her that are now just memories. Yeah, it's like that lost presence. Sammy, were you going to say something before? Oh uh, no, I was just um. Well, yeah, but uh, it's basically what you're gonna, what you said. Like I was going to turn it back to the karma thing about living with you know the ghosts of everything that you've done. Okay, so you were basically saying the same things we were. Yep. Okay, yep. gotcha. So then those three lines repeat, and it ends with a very powerful line, which I'll spare you my vocals on. Oh, I wanted to do it. I'm not going to, but I wanted to. If you love... Okay, I said I was going to spare you. I'm sorry. If you love (laughs) like that, blood runs cold. 
It took me a long time to realize she said cold and out. I thought she said out. Yeah, blood runs out. I, I, I still I sing so, it like that. Yeah, so do I. No, I always, I always heard it as cold because of just sort of the implied emotion that goes along with being cold-blooded. Like, because there's the old expression, if somebody is is rude and mean and stuff, they're cold-hearted. And obviously your heart is what controls your blood flow. Uh, quick anatomy lessons with Adam. The heart controls the blood flow. <laughs> or it pumps blood throughout the body, I should specify. Or get it accurate, rather. But anyway, that's why I've always heard cold there. Because it just makes sense with that line and the other visuals she used throughout the song. Using blood as a visual element. Yeah. Yeah, fair. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. And then it just, it, from there, it repeats the chorus, right? Mm. A yep. few times. And the song ends. And the song ends with, hey! Goes, hey! The really sharp <laughs> ending. So, all right, let's try and make these other discussions about the song brief because of how long the episode has gotten. You guys think it's going to appear on tour? I don't even think that's a question, really. Uh, yes, that's not a question at and all. And I um, imagine like a really cool um, 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 hip hop dance to it. I just see oh, that in my head. maybe oh, not with cool. Taylor participating in the hip hop. But what are you talking about? Taylor can twerk. Haven't you seen yeah, the Shake It Off I video? Would... This is not a twerking song. This is more like a, like a popping thing. I don't know I, these I can, dance terms. Didn't we say this was a good running it. song, though? Yeah, that's what Maybe Taylor she'll said. just run around the, the <laughs> arena. <laughs> just be like a track in the middle yeah. of the arena. <laughs> I want that 1989 track suit that they're going to be selling oh on tour. <laughs> is, is that a real thing, Steve, or are you making uh, that It should be. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it should be. Okay, so it's not. Yeah, but like 1980s. Come on. Track suits were the thing back then. The matching jacket oh, and the coat geez. and the pants. Yeah. And they have like the bungee cords at the end of the pants, so it's like not even yeah. I always wondered what those were for. Mm. Annoyance. Sorry, Annoyance is what those are for. Yes. Uh, Adam, we want to talk about the secret message briefly. Uh yeah, I mean, let's definitely go over that briefly. She made friends and enemies. Steve? Well, you're like, can we talk about it? And then I say the line and you're just like, quiet. Well, that's what the line is. Good job. No, I I think part of it that's interesting is if you look at the lines that are before and after, a lot of it is talking about a a guy. It's like, oh, and and he did this and this happened where this line is mainly about herself just saying about making friends and enemies like the guy is not mentioned at all in this, which kind of makes sense because the song is not about a relationship with a guy. Well, Steve, it's almost out of place again because putting it in context, you mentioned the ones before and after. So it reads, he drove past her street each night. She made friends and enemies. He only saw her in his dreams. So it it almost like it feels like it's out of place where the rest of the secret messages tell a story. Not necessarily. It, it, Makes it sound like that's what she did while he was gone. She yeah. made friends yeah. and enemies. But I, it sounds like she's talking about herself in that story, and she's but obviously she not. She's talking right. about herself. She is. I oh. mean, it starts mm-hmm. out there once was a girl known by everyone and no one. Like, she is talking about herself, and she's talking about herself the whole time. And right. Except, and I think for, it's except chron- for I Wish You Would and Wildest Dreams. Oh, I, I think we're true. talking about it being chronological here about when this happened. I think that's kind of where it fits into the story arc is 
you know. Okay, I, I do see it now. Taylor right, is talking about herself. She made friends and enemies. I just got slightly confused because I in this song, it doesn't match up because this isn't about making friends. I, unless you count making a friend who became an enemy, but... No, in the but overall I think story I'm... of Taylor and her rise to fame and everything, yeah, she made friends and I enemies. Mean, well, that and even over like the pa- those past those two years between Red and nineteen eighty nine, she did make friends. She made friends with Carly Kloss and you know Lena Dunham. So she made friends and she also made enemies. So in the context of the entire two year story arc, it makes it does make sense. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll buy that. So now here, before we... Sorry, did you have one more thing to say about that? No. Okay. Before we wrap up the Bad Blood discussion, the billion-dollar question, because like I mentioned earlier, before the album came out, this was one of the most highly anticipated songs that everybody was waiting for. We've had now three singles off the album. Will Bad Blood be a single? Anybody have any predictions? I think that she needs to have one slow song as a single. No. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I do. No. Um, can I finish my sentence? No. I think she needs to have one slow song as a single, but after that, I think this will be a single. I think it is possible that this will be the single that has a tour video. Why? I don't know, but that's the feeling I get. I feel like tour this would be a terrible song for you. I, w- I, it, it, I think the tour video will be um, "Welcome to New York." Yeah, this will mm. be a terrible song for a tour. Yeah, video. but I don't, I don't see "Welcome to New York" as being a single. Like I just like I it don't came think out it'll do very well. Who either, said it has but... to do? A, who said it has to be a single for the tour video? Uh, it's the because it's always a single. But who said she has to do it again? Nobody. I would say I would love to see it be Wildest Dreams if we were talking about Me a tour. Too, Steve. Tour but, video? Oh, ah. that would be cool. Mm. Oh, that would be really cool. <laughs> so, but, Steve, yeah. buddy, 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 boy. Do, do I have to give this a number? I, that's what I was about to do. On a scale of 1 to 13, where 1 absolutely sucks and 13 is off the charts amazing, where do you rank Bad Blood? I'm going to have to go... 13 on this and and the reason is this song gets stuck in my head it really does i'm always singing the chorus in my head pretty much non-stop it just anytime i hear the song for the next like two hours after i'm done listening to this song i still hear it in in my head there hey i've been whistling it all day that's why we're talking about it for this episode (laughs) (laughs) sammy one to 13 um, I'm giving this one a hard 13. Um, 13! It was one of my favorite songs the first time I heard the album. I love how she put the chorus first rather than the verse. I think that musically and visually, it's different and unique, which is the same as different. Um, and I'm I'm obsessed with it. I'd give it a hard 13. Excellent. Diane, 1 to 13. Like an 11. I whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I knew Diana was going to do that. Diana and I have had conversations about this song. I knew she was going to hear that. All right. All in favor of voting Diana off the podcast. I. I didn't give it a two. Like, calm down. <laughs> no. I, no, I, I don't know. This song just doesn't, just doesn't grab me as much. And when I first heard it, I thought it sounded almost like 
catty or something. Yeah, that's, I think, what you said, yeah. Yeah, but now it's grown on me, and I like the way it sounds a lot, so I feel like that makes up for it. It's still really good. It's just not my favorite. I'm giving it a perfect 13. Yay. 13, because it's awesome. And by the way, if you crank it up really loud on the stereo, the it sounds even better. Good. Oh my god! I I thought I was gonna break my windshield when I did that the other time. Well, the the bass is great if you've got (laughs) a subwoofer. It was like shaking so much. I really thought the glass was gonna break. Oh yeah. Then I and then I got in a car accident. It sounds so good. Is that how that happens, Amy? No, style was on the radio, and my radio was still really loud, and then my airbags went out. Oops. (laughs) Oopsie daisy. All right, guys. Well, I hate to do it, but we're going to postpone the mini segments until the next episode. If anybody is new and listening and wondering what the heck I'm talking about, we have a series of segments where uh, you guys out there listening contribute to the show and send it information. It's really cool. So definitely tune in next week to hear those. I hate skipping them this episode because they're a lot of fun and I know they're a lot of people's favorite part of the show, but we are like over an hour already. This is one of the longest episodes, even without the additional segments. So real quick before we get running though, I'm sure you want to know what Taylor has coming up so you can keep up with her career. So, Diana, if you could very quickly give us the upcoming calendar, please. Yes. This Sunday, February 8th, is the Grammys, and that will air on 8-7 Central on ABC. Taylor is nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Performance for Shake It Off. And then on February 25th, Taylor will perform at the Brit Awards 2015, where she's nominated for International Female Solo Artist. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, everybody who Wait, sat. Wait, hold on, back through... up. Did I say? Did I say ABC or CBS? You for did. The you did say ABC. <laughs> I meant ABC. CBS. I confused my CBS Grammy CBS. Thank you for that, Diane. If you guys want to reach out and contact us in any way, shape, or form, please visit TaylorTalk.org/contact. There you have our Twitter at TaylorTalk13. Facebook account, also Taylor Talk 13, as well as a variety of other methods you can use to contact us, including leaving voicemail so you can hear your voice on the show. Again, if you are brand new, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed your very first episode and continue to listen. If you're interested, you can visit taylortalk.org slash iTunes. It's a little shortcut to our iTunes page. And hit that subscribe button. That way you get automatically updated when new episodes come out. And pretty, pretty please... If you love us or you hate us, leave us a – actually, preferably not if you hate us. But if you love us or hate us, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. We do read those and take it very, very seriously. So I'd appreciate it because, you know, it also helps other people out there learn about the show and what people listening think of it. So that is that. That is episode 171. We discussed Bad Blood. Hope you all loved it. We will see you all next week for episode 172. But for now, for episode 171 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Diane. Sammy. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.